We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You knew the risks when you decided to drive drunk. There could be a crash. People could get hurt or killed. But that didn't stop you, did it? You knew you could get arrested. You could incur huge legal expenses, and you could possibly even lose your job. You were well aware of the consequences of driving drunk. But one thing's for sure. You were wrong when you said it was no big deal. Drive sober or get pulled over. This message brought to you by NHTSA. KJ Podcast, my people. Hope everyone's having a great start to their April. The sun is shining. Weather's warming up. NFL Draft Talk is about to get serious. We're going to have Chris Biederman on the show today. Niners Wire, USA Today. I think the best draft expert covering the 49ers. I released my big board on Twitter Monday. Harold Landry at one. I think the Boston College pass rusher becomes a Cam Wake speed guy and is one of the upper echelon pass rushers for many years to come. Some team is going to love getting Harold Landry. Denzel Ward, he's not a scheme fit for the 49ers at outside corner. I still think he's a number one corner. I still think you can teach him to play in this scheme. He's second for me. Derwin James, absolutely explosive player, playmaker. Roquan Smith, I would understand the pick. I have him at four. And then I, I don't know about Minka. I think he's a slot corner, potentially a strong safety. I think he's great around the line of scrimmage. We're going to get into all of this. Chris Biederman, Niners Wire. Really wide-ranging discussion about draft prospects, Kyle Shanahan's strategies, and who is going to end up in San Francisco. KJ Podcast, we have, I would call him the 49ers draft expert out of all the guys in that media room. 
Nobody knows the draft like Chris Biederman. Going to go back and forth today. Chris, what's going on, man? Not much, Kevin. How you doing? Fantastic, bro. Thanks for taking the time. It's officially April. You penned a nice little Easter piece for everyone on Harold Landry, why he fits the 49ers. I agree with you, and I feel like we are in the minority in the fan base. They want Roquan Smith. They would love Mika Fitzpatrick to fall. Your best argument, Chris, why Harold Landry is not a reach at nine, why he's the best pick for the 49ers. Well, I think if he would have come out after his junior season when he had 16 and a half sacks and 22 tackles for loss and seven forced fumbles, I think he probably would have been a top five pick. And he might have even been the 49ers pick at two or three. You know, people look at what happened to him last year and and he had the ankle injury. Um, I just think projecting forward, if if you're drafting based on what you think he's going to be, then I don't think it's a reach. If if you're drafting solely based on draft stock and conversations and what's happening, you know, leading up to the draft and and his production on last season, then yeah, may, maybe number nine is is a little rich. But just given how difficult it is to find that elite pass rusher, and the 49ers obviously found out in free agency as they seemingly do every year because all the best pass rushers are always given the franchise tag and they never hit the open market. And when they do, you have to shell out, you know, 50, 60 million guaranteed. Um, So I think if you think you you have a pass rusher in the first round that can be a double digit sack guy, even if he's not an every down player, it's, it's such a valuable spot and it can change a defense so dramatically. And I think, you know, going back to, 2010, before Alden Smith was drafted in 2011, you look at, you know, the Niners were in sort of a similar spot. They had good linebackers. They had Patrick Willis. But really, the missing key of the pass defense was was an edge defender. And then they got Alden Smith, and, and the, the defense went from being <clears throat> pretty solid to, to elite um, just because they could bother the quarterback. So, I think just 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 looking at where the 49ers struggle on defense, I think the biggest key is is addressing that edge pass rusher, and I don't know that there's another one as good as as Landry, particularly for their scheme in, in this draft class. First of all, who's advising Harold Landry to come back after 16 and a half sacks, 44 hurries? Your tape is stacking up with Miles Garrett. Um, whoever advised him is throwing a little wrench in his situation, but I think someone is going to pull the trigger, and I don't think it's crazy that someone jumps ahead of the 49ers at seven or eight to get Harold Landry because there's no edge rushers in free agency, as Chris has said. Uh, Jerry, Atachu, it's not enough. If you don't have this position, the signing of Richard Sherman might not matter. All these defensive overhauls, this is the, the problem, Chris, where I see they may cross Harold Landry off the list is Solomon Thomas. They want to give him another chance at Leo. It was his rookie season. He missed all of OTAs. Let's get him back in there. I don't think he's an edge rusher. I think he's a situational edge player and is good on the edge against the run, maybe on first down. But I'd like to see him play inside. And I mean, who knows what that pick's going to end up being. Basically, they can't screw up this pick. And it really has to be defense. I'm just scared that John Lynch is going to say, hey, we need to give Solomon Thomas time. Let's take another position. Yeah, but I I think... He's gonna. It seems like he's gonna be playing 
and on the other side. So even if even if the team team is committed to playing Solomon Thomas on the edge, they still have the other edge to worry about. And uh, and Harold Landry actually spent most of of last season lining up against right tackles on the left side of the defense. So um, I mean, see, they they could they could have both of those guys on the edge if they really wanted to. I I agree with you in that I think Solomon Thomas is best as a as an interior pass rusher, similar to the way the Seahawks use Michael Bennett. But when I look at Landry, I think of Cliff Averill, who came in with basically the same exact measurables um, as Landry. So, yeah, I, I think you could still, even with Solomon Thomas, even after drafting, you know, along the defensive line in the first round, the last three drafts, Landry is such a different player um, and gives them a unique skill set to those guys you already have that, that I think it would be worth the pick. Um, it's not like, you know, it's not like he's going to be lining up on the same same position and and the 49ers had you know 30 sacks last year and they were terrible on third down and and the the best way to solve those issues on third down is to make the quarterback uncomfortable and and get him to the ground far more often um and that's what I think Landry could bring this team yeah Chris they didn't even bring back Elvis Dumerville who had six and a half sacks who was a serviceable player this pass rushing situation is reminding me of cornerback last year when Tremaine Brock left, they really never fixed it. Dante Johnson was left hanging out to dry. He's not ready to be a starter in the league. This could be that type of situation if they go with Minka Fitzpatrick or they go another position. We're going to get to more players here. But, yeah, I see Harold Landry with the quick burst. They call it get off the coaching staffs in the NFL. You watch the, the film in slow motion. Harold Landry is my pick. I think that's what Chris is pining for, too. We still have four weeks left. There's going to be a lot of chatter people are locking in their picks let's just go to minka right now i think he's a slot corner and he's really disruptive in screen games and bubble screens and he's physical around the line of scrimmage he seems kind of like a linebacker i guess he would be the cam chancellor the jaquiski tart in this type of scheme um you could play him in that type of safety i don't know if he has elite cover skills he just seems kind of like a tool. If it was Minka Fitzpatrick at nine, what would be your reaction? How do you think he would fit? I think he's he's really uh, essentially plays the same positions as Jimmy Ward. I think you could play him at free safety and and slot cornerback. I don't think he he's tall enough or has has the long enough arms to play outside corner. Um, but I think he would be a good player. You, you look at the, the the safety situation, and you you could say this about Derwin James too. I mean, Jaquasi Tart and and Jimmy Ward are both entering the last year of their contracts. So at some point, they either need to, to sign those guys to extensions or start thinking about the future. And if they think Fitzpatrick is the best player on their board and they look at the future and say, we, we're going to have a hole at one of the safety spots or at slot corner, uh, then you could pull the trigger. I, I think it would be interesting to – now, I think Jimmy Ward's going to end up playing a lot of slot corner this year. Um, assuming Richard Sherman's healthy. I think that's sort of what the team is preparing for with Adrian Colbert and, and how well he played at free safety. Um, but if you have Minka Fitzpatrick, then maybe you can get creative and, and you could play Minka Fitzpatrick in the slot or you can play him at uh, free safety and, and keep Adrian Colbert as your third safety. Um, there, there are a bunch of different ways you can do it. I think I think Fitzpatrick is a really good player, but I think – Given the, the given the scheme the 49ers run, it's it sort of limits his versatility to to the slot and and free safety spots. I think maybe he could play strong safety, and you could absolutely use him in in those three safety sets they like to use in, in dime packages on third down. 
but I don't know that he's big enough to be an every down strong safety like Cam Chancellor and with, with the Seahawks. That that I think is that I think is Derwin James for sure. Yeah, Minka was a little weak at the combine. Not a lot of bench pressing. I think he's going to be there at nine. And I, I've been against Roquan Smith, but the more I look at this roster, and we don't have to even get into Reuben Foster. We know that he's you can't count on him going forward. So inside linebacker is a huge need. Listen, I love Brock Coyle. You need those guys in the locker room. Like, look, he's earned his playing time. We're, we're not just going to hand it to people. I, I think he brings value to the roster. I don't think he's a starter every week. Then I think the run game's a problem, middle of the field. I would prefer Roquan over Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, if he was, if he's the pick at nine, Chris, your thoughts and his fit? Yeah, I think he would be a great fit, whether regardless of Foster's status, just because you know Malcolm Smith, his his guaranteed money and his contract runs out after next season. So if you have a replacement, you can move on from him, and then you could pretty easily make. Roquan Smith, your starter, and you and you just look at you know the trends of the NFL and all these linebackers coming in who are super athletic. They're not the 250 pound thumpers anymore. They're you know they're the athletic 225, 235 pound guys, and that's exactly where Roquan Smith is. And Shanahan knows about the value of those type of linebackers because he had Deion Jones with Atlanta, who who became you know sort of a star linebacker, particularly in pass coverage, just given his athleticism. And I think Jones is a pretty good comparison to Roquan Smith. So, you know, if if you have Reuben Foster, then you have Roquan Smith and Reuben Foster, and you're looking at a really good tandem that you can keep on the field at all three downs instead of maybe having to bring in that three safety on third down or that third safety on third down. So having that pairing could be really good for them. And, and I would totally understand the pick, but I still think, just inherently there's more value at if you have a, if you can find a good edge rusher, that's a more valuable position. And I think there are other linebackers in the draft too. Exactly. You can find an inside linebacker in the third or fourth round. Who's a damn good serviceable starter that you do pull off the field that you're okay. Highlighting other players two years in a row at inside linebacker. I feel like you're, you're wasting value here. It's becoming like John Lynch, you understand like, you have a lot of major holes and you might just might not be able to fill them in the draft. I don't see pass rushers. You just don't see them in the third, fourth, fifth round coming in and being stars. It's a random occurrence. You normally have to allocate high funds. So is there any chance they go offense, Chris? Could they stun us all that they were leaking information that we thought these were going to be the players? Let's say Quentin Nelson's off the board, but they do go Cortland Sutton or just a receiver that Kyle's like, this is going to be our number one. We, we have to pull the trigger now. So I, I did a, a piece for The Athletic looking at the, the draft history of Kyle Shanahan's teams. And what I found was really interesting. Those teams that he's been a coordinator for dating back to Houston 2008, he's never drafted a linebacker, sorry, a receiver or running back or a tight end before round three. And the only pl- the only offensive players Kyle Shanahan's teams have drafted in the first round have either been tackles or quarterbacks. Um, so I don't know that that necessarily rules out Cortland Sutton. They might really like him. Um, I thought his combine was super impressive, particularly at his size and his three-cone. Uh, his three-cone drill was, I think it was like six five or something like that, which is crazy for a receiver who's six, three and almost 220 pounds. Um, 
But no, I think if, if they go offense, the, the only thing that would make sense to me is maybe, you know, if they trade back and, and they really like Connor Williams, the, the, tech, the tackle out of Texas. Um, and maybe if they think he can play guard and provide an upgrade there in the meantime, before eventually replacing, you know, Joe Staley, who's going to be 34 this year, Trent Brown, who's unsigned beyond the season. Um, that's the only scenario that I see playing out because I think Williams has the requisite athleticism to be, uh, to play guard more so than Quentin Nelson. Um, I know Nelson is a really good athlete, particularly for his size and he's incredibly mobile, but the question I have about him, if he's available at nine and I don't think he will be, but is that mobility going to hold up throughout his career? You remember Mikey Potty was super mobile when he came into the league and a few years later, he can barely move because of all the injuries he's had and just, you know, you, I don't know that you can bank on that mobility, and, and we know how much Shanahan values mobility along interior linemen. So if you get a tackle like Connor Williams, just because he's a tackle, um, I think he has that athleticism, and he's about 25 pounds lighter than Quentin Nelson, so he can, he can do those things. Um, but, yeah, if, if they go offense in round one, I think it's a tackle. It's you're bringing up a good point. Like secondary is a need because of Jaquiski Tart's contract, Jimmy Ward's contract, Joe Staley tackle. Like it could be a position where this guy might not even play a ton if they do trade down. But I'm looking nine isn't the best spot to really trade out of. Now I think Darnold Rose and Mayfield Allen all go top six, and then if it's Mason Rudolph or Lamar Jackson, you like I don't think you want to trade up for either of those two. So the Niners are going to have to kind of hope if, if they don't like Minka that someone else really does. I think Buffalo Buffalo at 12. I think if Josh Allen is still on the board at 12 or somehow Baker Mayfield's still on the board, um, I think Buffalo could – or at 9, sorry. Buffalo could move up from 12 to 9. And maybe that would allow the 49ers to get, you know, a second or third round pick or whatever um, <clears throat> to move back a few spots if they still like a guy – you know, similar to the way they, they did the Solomon Thomas trade with Chicago last year. That, I think that's a possibility. The, obviously, the flexion point in, in that top 10 is going to be Denver. And after signing Case Keenum to that contract he got, are, are they going to invest a, a first-round pick in a quarterback when they have needs elsewhere too? I think that's going to be interesting. And if Denver doesn't take a quarterback, then you could start to see teams who like Josh Allen assuming he doesn't go to the Browns, which has been widely speculated, which I think would be crazy. But um, if there's a quarterback still on the board after six, I think teams are going to start to move up. And and if that's the case, I think the 49ers would be in a good spot to trade down. I'm saying big bust on Josh Allen. I so, You're right. He could fall. Teams just will say his accuracy is just too much. I love the size. He had the high wonder lick or whatever. He's got smarts. Um, he's got that Carson Wentz kind of thing coming from a small school. Maybe didn't have the most impressive resume. I'm, I'm out on him. Someone we haven't touched on is Denzel Ward. And I think he's actually the safest pick, even safer than Harold Landry. I'm, I'm pretty certain Landry's going to be a stud, but Denzel Ward, his tape is just so solid. He doesn't get burned often. My problem is he's 5'10". He's really, you're going against everything about this scheme that you get tall corners um, you're, you're putting Akilah Witherspoon off the field, but you're also just saying, hey, he's a number one corner. Bottom line, a couple years from now, when Richard Sherman's old, he's still our number one. Akilah could be our two. We probably have more corners on the roster by then. You're trying to solve a long-term need here. I would be pretty okay with the Denzel Ward pick. 
Yeah, I think he's a good player. I just don't know that he necessarily fits what they want. That Ohio State runs a ton of man-to-man, and, and you know the Niners play predominantly zone and, and cover three stuff. And I, I agree with you in that I think Ward is really good, and I know you know there are people at the 49ers who really likes Marshawn Lattimore, um, the Ohio State corner who came out last year and ended up being one of the best players at the position last year for the Saints. But um, he was bigger. He was six feet. And uh, he had a little bit more length. And, and I just, to me, looking at Ward, I think he would be a, a slot corner for, for the scheme. And, and I just don't know, with Kawan Williams, with Jimmy Ward already there, I, I don't know the immediate value is necessarily there. And then if you're trying to fit you know, a square peg in a round hole, uh, with him in the scheme, I, I don't know if the value's there. And, and I think if you look at the second round, you know, I, I really like Carlton Davis from Alabama, from Auburn. Um, he's a long arm. I think he's six one, but he's got the the thirty two plus inch arms. And then um, Isaiah Oliver from Colorado has has even longer arms than Akella Witherspoon, and, and obviously they're former teammates. And I think those guys are better fits in the second round. Um, and you get a guy like that, you can still get you know your premium defensive player early who you know fits the scheme, whereas I'm just not entirely sure Denzel Ward fits, and he might be gone by nine. I know it sounds like it sounds like people really like him. So, Chris Biederman, KJ Podcast, great draft discussion going on. Let's pretend the 49ers never got Jimmy Garoppolo. Kirk Cousins somehow didn't pick Kyle Shanahan. If they were picking two right behind the Browns this year, say Sam Darnold goes one, who would you take at two for Kyle Shanahan's scheme? I I would go Josh Rosen. I like the tight window ability with him throwing the football. Obviously, 49ers writers didn't need to study the quarterbacks really this year as much as other positions. So just glossing over the film, I thought Josh Rosen would be the pick. It's fun to play hypotheticals. If the Niners had to pick a QB at two, who would you go with? Yeah, I would go with Rosen too. Um, I'm I'm surprised. I mean, you every all everything you hear and, and read, it's it's – Sam Darnold won or Josh Allen won and, and Josh Rosen isn't even in that discussion. And for me, I think he's the best quarterback in the draft. I think, I think he has the highest ceiling and I also think he has the highest floor. Um, you know, I, I don't understand where all this stuff about his personality is, is coming from. It sounds like people are concerned that he's too thoughtful about the world, which just seems like a very strange criticism to have even understanding like the nuances of what you do you have to have intellectual intelligence and like understanding your relationship with receivers and all that it's not cut and dry and just x's and o's and what are your reads and all that stuff I think there was that really interesting video with Aaron Rodgers talking to I forget where it was from um, Aaron Rodgers talking to, to Josh Rosen and just about the nuances of drops and the speed of your drops and and things like that and and I look at Rosen and I just think all that personality stuff is, is sort of being blown out of blown out of proportion. And I also think, um, you know, he, he reminds me just the way he plays like, like Matt Ryan, you know, who Shanahan obviously got to be the MVP in his last year in Atlanta. So yeah, I think the Niners assuming, um, assuming Rosen or assuming Allen or Darnold goes one to the, to the Browns, I think, Kyle Shanahan would, would have no problem drafting Rosen. And I think the 49ers would be in a pretty good spot if that were the case. But um, given that they only had to give up a second round pick for Garoppolo and given they had all that cap space to 
use on a quarterback contract anyway. I think uh, they probably got the better end of the deal and, and getting Garoppolo with experience in the system um, and he has experience just in the league in general. I think he's getting him at this point in his career is better than drafting one of these guys early because you still don't know. You don't know for sure if any of these quarterbacks are going to be any good. But if I had my choice of, of any of these four guys, I would definitely take Rosen. Jimmy Garoppolo, good for business, good for this podcast, good for NinersWire.com. The interest in this football team is – we don't know what they're going to win a championship, but this is the most fun team to talk about in town. We've been doing it for quite a while. Chris has been doing it for years. Knows every player in that locker room really well, asks thoughtful questions. I like to educate 49ers fans. I believe you do too. I think that running back is still the greater need than receiver. Obviously depends on the player and and what round here. If they do in the second round pull a trigger on a receiver or running back, I think think they need another running back to go with Jarek McKinnon. They paid him like he's going to be the top dog. Um, I think he's still going to get a lot of touches. I'm a huge Matt Breeder fan from day one. But I like the receiving core with Garcon, Goodwin. Um, they do eventually need a number one for Garcon because he's going to turn 32. But we're talking uh, getting the football to someone and making him productive. I, I think Jimmy G's set with receivers. I would go running back in round two if they went skill player. Your thoughts on that philosophy and just what Kyle and John are thinking? Yeah, I, th- I think they're going to draft a running back. Shanahan's teams have, have drafted running backs six of the last seven years. I think the only time they didn't was 2016 after they after they took Kevin Coleman after 2015 when they already had Devontae Freeman. Um, I'm of the mind that they could use uh, a bigger back. I know, you know Kyle Shanahan doesn't necessarily believe that smaller backs are any less durable than, uh, than bigger backs. And and I, I guess I can see the point that he's making is that any anybody can get hurt. Carlos Hyde, you know, was 235 pounds and was and was you know getting hurt a lot his first three seasons. So, but I, I think you know if they do go running back, this is definitely a good class to do it. in In the second round, I think if if Nick Chubb, the Georgia running back, is still available, I think he would be a really good complement to Jarek McKinnon and Matt Breida. He's he's close to 230 pounds, I think, but he tested like a guy who's 15 pounds lighter. Um, If you're into spark scores and all that stuff, I think he was second in the class behind, um, behind Saquon Barkley, just in terms of physical skills and all the, the, the numbers from the scouting combine. So I think his speed and his size and just you watch him run, he's a really good short yardage back and, and they need to get better in the red zone. That's, that's really the only area they didn't improve on statistically with, with Jimmy Garoppolo quarterback over those last five games. They were a little bit worse in the red zone overall. And, and some of that's because they went over five in Garoppolo's first game in Chicago, but um, they, they still need red zone weapons and, and McKinnon might be that guy, but you, I think at some point you do want a guy, you know, when it's, if, if it's fourth and half a yard in the fourth quarter and, and you're near the goal line and you need something is, is McKinnon going to be the guy you want? Or are you going to want a more physical big guy uh, that you can count on to, to get those touches? And I don't think Kyle Juszczyk is that type of fullback. So I think someone like Nick Chubb would, would make a ton of sense. There are other guys too. Um, Royce Freeman from Oregon, I think could probably be had in the third or fourth round. Um, I think Kalen Balaj from Arizona State, another Pac-12 guy uh, who's big and fast. 
Um, so those guys would make sense, but it, it also wouldn't surprise me if Shanahan just brought in another another little guy <laughs> later in the draft. Yeah, I mean, I was stunned they didn't sign Taylor Gabriel. Just be like, oh, we have the cap room. We need another 5'9 guy. Kyle loves that. They do make cornerbacks uncomfortable. Yeah, even with the running backs, too. Even with the O-lineman. Chris, it's like a weird theme. You should write like a long piece on that. Kyle Shanahan likes little football players, really, at every position besides quarterback. Takeaways from this podcast, Harold Landry, we're both in on. He's going to provide mm-hmm. edge rushing. Maybe he's not a three-down player, but it's just it's so important. The 49ers don't have it. He actually could be a star. Um, Denzel Ward, I think it could be good. Chris thinks it's maybe not a scheme fit. Minka Fitzpatrick. I think he's, strong, he's a strong safety, to be honest. I think he plays well there. Um, Chris has him as a slot corner, maybe free safety. Listen, this is a guessing game even for these teams, guys. It could be Roquan Smith. He, he's probably the safest and makes the most sense. Um, great draft discussion, Chris. Love getting your thoughts. The, the, one, the one thing I keep going back to and just doing that, going back through Shanahan's draft history, I, I'm curious to see if he stays with the pattern um, that even he kept last season, which was, you know, defense first two rounds and then offense in, you know, the third and fourth round, and then, you know, maybe a crapshoot in the later rounds. But I, I'm thinking that they go, if I, if I had a gun to my head, I would say defense in the first two rounds with probably one of those long arm corners in round two, and then picking up, finding guys that, that they think are maybe undervalued in the third or fourth round whether it's at tight end or receiver or running back. And, and those are guys I'm going to be diving into a little bit later as the draft approaches. But, I mean, they might also try to find a guard in the second round. <laughs> you know, they might they – might, they had a visit with Iowa center James Daniels, who would be a really good fit for them. Um, but, yeah, I'm curious to see if, if Shanahan sticks with that trend and it would make sense to, just with the way the first round's shaping up with all those defensive guys that could be there at number nine. Um, but yeah, I would say defense versus two picks and then offense in the middle rounds, just as a guess based on its history. Yeah, no, I'll go defense round one. I am leaning more towards O-line round two. And we talk about his history. Joel Batonio was a guy that he stood on the table for Mike Pettin trusted him. Ray Farmer, the GM in Cleveland at the time, trusted him. He had a first round grade on Joel Batonio. He's made the pro bowl last year. Just got a $51 million extension. Could be a, a tackle a, that they draft there. That, that they try at guard. I would rather have an O lineman there than another long arm corner who's what competing with Akilla Witherspoon. You already have depth. Yeah, but you're, you're right. You're letting Jimmy Ward go. I, I could see the corner too, but I'm I'm starting to lean O line with that last or that second pick. 49ers, one of the most fun teams in the NFL. All of a sudden, Chris Biederman, one of the best writers content creators covering them appreciate your time bro it's great catching up this is the draft expert this yeah is, this is the guy you want to be following up until april 26th and beyond um, we'll talk to you again soon all right man appreciate it thanks for having me chris biederman absolutely love his perspective he's become one of the most valuable reporters in that room covering the team a different way bringing in rob loader jared brown some really talented guys on the niners wire staff KJ Podcast, Meetup, Draft Podcast, April 26th, live for the first round. It's going to be at Pete's Sports Bar in North Beach, right next to Golden Boy Pizza, Green Green Street or Green Avenue. Pete's, happy to partner with them. 
49ers fans in San Francisco coming to the city for the draft. It's going to be fun. We're going to have some fun discussions. I'm going to try and bring some prizes if I can afford it on my budget in this city. KJ Podcast, we're delivering 49ers analysis. Absolutely gorgeous day in San Francisco. Get outside. By the way, Bird electric razor scooters you're going to start seeing them in san francisco san jose these things are toys for adults it's so fun i just got back from safeway birded to get some groceries any trip less than two miles as long as there's no crazy hills just get on a bird and go costs like 15 cents a minute they're not even sponsoring this podcast i'm just letting you know bird is about to be a huge company like uber lyft I'm all in. If you're in a city, you're going to start seeing these things everywhere. They're rolling them out in 50 cities by the end of 2018. KJ Podcast, plug-in companies. Maybe we'll start giving you stock prices soon. We'll talk to you again. NFL Draft, well, I'm, I'm pretty much locked in. Harold Landry is my guy. I'd be okay with some of the others. And I'm starting to think O-Lyman for round two makes a ton of sense. Those are your big takeaways. We'll talk to you again next week. KJ Podcast, we're out. reach the high fashion hotline hi my family has big plans for labor day weekend but our outfits aren't measuring up then get to old navy old navy yep old navy's huge labor day sale is on now get 50 percent off all jeans 50 percent off all dresses 50 percent off all tees and 50 percent off all sweatshirts and hoodies for the whole family 50 percent off all those styles that's a big deal so is this style start at just six bucks at old navy and old navy.com change of plans we're spending the weekend at old navy high fashion old navy valid 830 to 93 excludes in-store clearance active licensed and men's package tees Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.